At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. This is bowl preview number four, I believe, of this bowl season. It's uh, it's felt like a full regular season in and of itself. We had Matt Humans last week break down with myself the New Year's Six and the playoff. If you missed that, check your feed. Go back. We did a taping right before Christmas. We actually played that video for everyone on Christmas Day on VEASAN. So if you missed that, please go back, check it out, because today we are going to be joined by the one and only Wes Reynolds. Mr. Reynolds, we are breaking down games December 30th through the 2nd, basically the the wrap-up of bowl season. Uh, so far, as we record this, how has bowl season been for you? Uh, you and I both had Kansas on Wednesday evening, which was maybe the most miraculous and fortunate cover, so I should anticipate uh, losses coming for both of us very soon. Yeah, we're going to get some pain probably at least in one game the next few days you would anticipate, Tim. But yeah, we were... We were fortunate on that one. Bowl season actually has been pretty good so far, continuing. I think, you know, that the fact that this is probably the hardest ever to handicap bowls now, because it used to be that you just had, you know, you had to worry about who was getting in a bar fight or who was getting suspended for disciplinary action or who didn't make grades. Now you got to worry about opt-outs and you got to deal with the transfer portal and not just the player transfer portal, the coaches <laughs> transfer portal, which head coaches are leaving, which position coaches are being taken with them. 
which coordinators are being taken with them. So, yeah, you look at some of these games and, you know, you're dealing with third string quarterbacks against third string quarterbacks. So it makes it challenging. So what I would say to people that are listening is don't necessarily get discouraged. A lot of this is timing and a lot of this absolutely comes down to random luck. Well, I will say this. And, uh, you know, I was uh, tabulating our podcast numbers and on I forget which day we didn't even add in the fact that Matt humans gave out middle Tennessee, but heading into the 29th and these games could end up being an ultimate, you know, just complete and utter disaster for all of our uh, bets. Uh, we as a collective here on this podcast were 13, one and one, including Matt humans who gave out Kansas plus three earlier this week. So uh, hopefully we can keep it rolling and we'll roll right into December 30th. The Duke's Mayo Bowl, NC State taking on Maryland. We'll say it's NC State minus one. The opt-outs for this game, obviously Devin Leary, who is lost for the season. He has uh, since transferred to Kentucky. So big, uh, big pickup there for uh, Big Blue Nation. But, you know, for Maryland, they got a lot of pieces offensively missing here. Wes, you got Dante Demas, Jacob Copeland, Rakeem Jarrett. Those three wide receivers are all gone. Little Tua is going to play. Um, you know, last year, Maryland was one of my favorite bowl bets of the entire bowl season because I just felt like this is a situation. You had Mike Loxie making his first bowl. They were playing a Virginia Tech team that, you know, didn't care. Now I'm I'm hesitant to know where the motivation is for the Terps. As for NC State West, it's not a team that I love backing, but remember, they had their game last year canceled the day of the Holiday Bowl. They were going to play UCLA. So that was, you know, a motivating factor maybe in this spot here. Their quarterback situation is is not ideal. They do have a, a starting wide receiver uh, who has opted out. Uh, that is uh, Devin, or hold on. Yeah, Devin Carter, I believe, is out. Tim Beck, their offensive coordinator, left to be the uh, Coastal Carolina head coach. So all in all, uh, not an official play, but I think I like NC State here in a pick role uh, if forced to play uh, this one. Yeah, that would be by lean too, Tim, and maybe a little bit to the under as well. And you mentioned in terms of having a bowl game canceled, we saw that with East Carolina actually a couple nights ago against Coastal Carolina. Remember, they were yep. supposed to play Boston College in the Military Bowl. That gets canceled due to COVID issues in the BC program. So, yeah, they were certainly motivated. It, hurt, it helped that Grayson McCall got hurt, but I think East Carolina was a better team. But when you look at this, I wonder with Maryland's receiving core basically decimated for the most part, at least at the top end, if you're going to see them run a little bit more and how much they're going to use Talia Tagovailoa on the run. NC State's not easy to run against. I think they're only 11th in the country in terms of uh, total rushing yards per game and 26 when you go yards per carry. So, look, I like Dave Doran as a coach. I think in terms of a coaching matchup, when you go offense, defense, and you do your little checklist, go with the intangibles, I think Dave Doran is a better coach than Mike Loxley. I, MJ Morris yeah. may play this game. It could be It could be uh, uh, young Ben Finley, uh, who did start the last game. But MJ Morris looks like he's going to play here. Uh, 7-1 to touchdown interception ratio on 86 attempts. So, you know, 
Gabe Doran, I trust him with, with young quarterbacks and, you know, an obvious drop-off with Devin Leary now in the portal heading to Kentucky. But I would lean NC State here. But this is one of the ones, like the many of the Bulls, you're just not sure of. You're guessing a little bit. But NC State in the under would be my lean. The Sun Bowl also on the 30th, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern kickoff. This will be on CBS UCLA and Pittsburgh. This has been a fascinating line, Wes, to keep an eye on because this thing opened around a touchdown in favor of UCLA. Got as low as three with buzz and speculation that Dorian Thompson Robinson wouldn't be playing in this game. Well, he's been down in El Paso practicing. And on Thursday, when we're recording this podcast, the number ballooned today from around five north of a touchdown and kept growing. And we're, we're seeing mostly eights in the marketplace. So, you know, we had Brad Powers on VEASAN primetime come on earlier this week. And he said, you know, as the board sits, he would play UCLA because he felt like that number would grow from what he had been hearing. And it has grown. And look, if Dorian Thompson Robinson plays and he's, you know, excited to play UCLA would certainly be the side with all the opt-outs that Pitt has been dealing with Pitt's you know lost a, a handful of of defensive players Keaton Slovis is you know hit the transfer portal so he's out um you know Pitt's kind of a once again a, a mess so you're looking at a total of 54 54 and a half spread of eight or seven and a half uh once again no play for me on this one um you know, if you could have got UCLA under a touchdown, it would look nice now considering it seems like DTR is going to play. Uh, don't know about Zach Charbonnet, whether or not he could be one of those, you know, last second scratches that we see all too often here in bowl season. Yeah, it looks like uh, Nick Patty is going to go for Pittsburgh. Remember, he started the Beach Bowl last year. That was the last start he ever made when Pickett opted out for the draft. Hurt his shoulder a couple drives into the game against Michigan State after scoring on a long rushing touchdown. So, you know, he's getting another chance at least to, you know, play in a big game for Pitt. But if you look at all the opt-outs for Pitt, they have a defensive tackle out. They had uh, Aben Conda. The running back is going to miss. Uh, the linebacker Dennis is going to miss. The defensive end Alexandra is going to miss. They have a couple offensive tackles out. They have a safety out. Then, of course, Keaton Slovis is now in the transfer portal. So a lot of opt-outs for, for Pitt here, and that's why I think that you've seen the support for UCLA. Pat Narduzzi, only one and four against the number in bowls uh, over his career. Pitt did win the last four games, and they went over in four of their, uh, four of their last five games. I'm going to have to check the forecast before tomorrow, before I bet this. The total, obviously, has taken a nosedive from 60 and a half to 54. I wonder if that's a little, a little bit too much in that regard, but but no official play for me here either. All right, let's go to the Gator Bowl. This will be at 3.30 Eastern ESPN in Jacksonville, Florida. Another line that moved pretty far down and has since bounced back a little bit up here on Thursday. So Notre Dame sits at three, three and a half, depending on where you look. Uh, this is actually an official play for Matt Humans. He's going to take the three and a half with South Carolina. So we'll uh, we'll get to our best bet recap at the close here. Um Wes, you know my allegiance to the Irish. Uh I don't I don't hide it. I don't normally bet on Notre Dame. I did actually earlier this week make uh I took Notre Dame at a at a cheap money line price at minus 130. 
once again, not crazy about the play. I think you're going to hear that a lot here on this episode. Um, we'll start with Notre Dame's opt-outs. Michael Mayer, their all-world tight end, uh, should have won you know, the, the tight end of the year award. Uh, 67 catches, 809 receiving yards, nine touchdowns, uh, good blocker. Isaiah Foskey, their edge rusher, who was top 10 in the country, in sacks, he is gone. Drew Pine, who started the year as their backup quarterback, he has now uh, gone to Arizona State, went eight and two as the starter. Starting cornerback Cam Hart, who was uh, banged up, he is out for this game. Uh, it sounds like Brandon Joseph, who missed the USC game dealing with a high ankle sprain, is questionable. So uh, a bunch of injuries and uh, two major, major opt-outs. For the Irish, Tyler Buckner is down in uh, in Jacksonville, Wes, and uh, Marcus Freeman, I think today when talking to the media, said he has looked magnificent. Um, so take that for what you will. Tyler Buckner, of course, did start the season for the Irish, then got hurt against Marshall. Drew Pine stepped in and started the remainder of the games. South Carolina, they've got a ton of opt-outs here. Spencer Rattler will play. And their, their leading wide receiver, the, uh, the James Madison transfer, is also going to play. But they're going to be without their leading rushing, leading rusher, excuse me, Marshawn Lloyd, who has hit the transfer portal. Uh, their top three to five wide receivers are, are all out. Their second leading rusher, Jaheim Bell, the tight end, he's hit the transfer portal. Austin Stogner has hit the transfer portal. Defensive lineman, um, Zach Pickens is in the transfer portal, or he has opted out for the NFL draft, I should say. Three out of four starters in the secondary, Cam Smith, Darius Rush, and uh, I believe it is uh, Devani Reed all out. So South Carolina is dealing with a whole lot of opt-outs themselves in this game, Wes. And before I kick it to you, why I played Notre Dame on the money line is their strength this year is running the football, right? And their stable of running backs... Uh, Audric Estime, Logan Diggs, and uh, Chris Tyree all playing in this game, all healthy. And their offensive line, you know, you've got an All-American left, uh, left tackle in, uh, in Joe Alt. You've got a very strong right tackle in uh, Blake Fisher. You've got a future NFL guard in Garrett, pa uh, Garrett Patterson there. And uh, he, all of them are playing. So if Notre Dame could do what they want to do, which is run the football – like Florida did back in the middle of November, rushing for, I think, 375 yards against South Carolina, who's 112th in run defense. I do think Notre Dame could win this game. They could have some issues slowing down Spencer Rattler, as I mentioned, with Cam Hart and Brandon Joseph, you know, likely being out here uh, for this game. So a lean to the Irish. If you could find a cheap money line, that would be the way I would roll. Not an official play, especially with money line prices now up to minus 160. They were down like minus 130 earlier this week, Wes. So uh, there's my dissertation on the Gator Bowl, Notre Dame and South Carolina. And you mentioned in terms of the uh, opt-outs for South Carolina, of course, Marcus Satterfield, the offensive yes. coordinator, also gone to Nebraska. Now, is that going to end up being a good thing for South Carolina, maybe a little bit more creative in their play calling? And the way I bet this when this came out early, Tim, and I'm a, I took the Gamecocks and bet them at plus three and a half. Yep. It's kind of like an old school handicap, and that's how the Bulls used to be before all these opt-outs and transfer portal and everything is the motivation. And I thought, you know what, South Carolina, the way they ended the season, killing Tennessee and then beating Clemson for the first time in a long time in that Palmetto Bowl, 
that they got momentum going and that they're going to be geeked and excited to play Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl down in Jacksonville. I believe I've read that you have about 40,000 uh, uh, Gamecocks fans that Ooh. are making the pilgrimage down there. That's a lot. So they're excited for this bowl game. This is a big time deal for South Carolina. And that's why I like them in terms of the motivation and getting three and a half, because I thought, you know what? They're going to be excited. And then you, when you have Marcus Freeman, this is a first time bowl head coach. And sometimes that's a difficult spot, even though Shane Beamer, you know, not exactly an old man. I mean, he's got the one win in the Mayo Bowl last year over Mac Brown in North Carolina. But still, I think coaching experience matters. I haven't bought out of my play. I, I went ahead and just uh, uh, hung with the three and a half here. So, uh, you know, we'll see if I'm going to end up having to do that. But obviously did not expect that Buckner was maybe going to be back and that Notre Dame was going to be down to the uh, to the third string quarterback is, is is what I thought because we know Pine, of course, is in the transfer portal. So I'm going to stick with South Carolina at three and a half. Would I bet it if I had to bet it today? Probably not. All right. Uh, let's get to a game. Uh, you know how we have the, there's confidence pick pools, right? You do them before the bowl season and you have to put a point number. You know, ESPN does it, you know, one through 40 game. You're most confident on. This was my number one. And by number one, I mean, least confident. I have no idea what to do with the Arizona bowl on Friday, December 30th. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time breaking this sucker down. Uh, I believe Wyoming's top Four running backs are out for this game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's exciting. Uh, little Rourke, Curtis Rourke is out. He's injured uh, for Ohio. So uh, shoulder shrug, I don't know. I got nothing. Ohio is a two and a half point favor. Take that for what you will. Anything on the Arizona Bowl? Yeah, and Craig Bowl, uh, four and uh, four and oh, ATS and bowl games. So he does uh, prepare his guys very well, and he's going to have to considering they're decimated in the backfield. Ohio last three games went under. Wyoming last five games went the un went to the under. This seems kind of obvious, and it's moved down like a point. It's at forty two, I think, still in the market. But that's where I would I would have to go. C.J. Harris. Uh, did start the last two games, 393 yards, but only completed 32 of 64. So obviously not as accurate. He can't run the ball. He's a little more of a running threat. Uh, 26 carries for 115 yards over the last three games. But I didn't know what to do with the side either. So this seems to me like it could be like a typical Wyoming game, you know, which is like, you know, 17 to 13 or 20 to 17. And I could definitely see that being the case here for the Cowboys and the Bobcats in the Arizona Bowl. All right. Uh, one more game on December 30th. It's Clemson and Tennessee. And uh, once again, you know, opt outs of plenty in this one, as we know that Hendon Hooker is injured, but his top two targets. Now, remember, one of them in Cedric Tillman was dealing with an injury, didn't even play against Alabama when they pulled the upset earlier this year. Uh, he has opted out. Uh, the Bolitnikoff winner in uh, Jalen Hyatt, he has opted out of this game as well. So big passing targets are gone. Uh, also on the defensive side, Jeremy Banks uh, has declared for the NFL draft 53 tackles, four and a half TFLs. Uh, so he is out for this game. For Clemson, 
you know, DJ Uyunglele is uh, is hit the transfer portal, headed to Oregon State. It's Cade Klubnick time now uh, as he took over in the ACC championship game. Miles Murphy opted out for this game, the edge rusher for Clemson. Uh, Trenton Simpson has opted out for Clemson, another linebacker. But a couple of their other big-name defensive players, uh, Brian Brissy, uh, you know, K.J. Henry, Tyler Davis, as of right now, Wes, they're all expected to play in the Orange Bowl. Uh, Tennessee's offensive coordinator, Alex Golish, is gone. He's now the head coach of South Florida. So that means, uh, in all likelihood, Josh Heupel will step in and, <laughs> and call the plays here for Tennessee. Um, I, I do think Clemson's going to be motivated. Um, if forced to play it, I, I guess I would lay it with Clemson here. I'm not crazy about it. Once again, the theme of this podcast is, yeah, I'm not really crazy about it. Um, so w- would look maybe to Clemson because I feel like this is kind of one of those games, Wes, where the momentum for the Clubnik era begins now, right? If they can win and win convincingly, then their preseason top five and hey, Clemson with Cade Klubnik, you know, all that mojo gets going. So despite Clemson having a, you know, a pretty mediocre year in their eyes, I mean, they've got a chance, Wes, I believe if they win this game, they could actually finish, you know, top five in the country. Right. And and Dabo Swinney obviously been very good in bowls, 10 and four in his last 14. I would certainly lean that way on the side. But where I probably would more want to go is the over here. Mm, I know I know it's Cade Klublik, Klubnik without a lot of, you know, starting experience uh, necessarily. But we know that this kid's probably going to be the quarterback of the future down there. Uh, you know, did play very well in the ACC title game, 309 total yards and two TDs in that victory over North Carolina. They're going to be able to throw on Tennessee. Spencer Rattler threw for 438 yards on Tennessee. Tennessee also gave up 453 to Anthony Richardson at Florida. They gave up 455 to Bryce Young in Alabama. So I got to think that that Klubnik is going to be able to throw all over these guys. We know that this Tennessee team, you know, without Hyatt and without Tillman opting out to prepare for the uh, NFL draft. Uh, Milton, uh, not the polished passer that Hooker is, but I think he can move the ball a little bit here. Now, this is a big, big total here at, where is it, 63 and a half, Mm -hmm. 64 right now, I'm seeing in the market. But this kind of strikes me a little bit, even though this has been bet slightly under, maybe a little happy action fun time here, that you're going to get a big scoring and a really exciting Orange Bowl in prime time on Friday night. Yeah, no, and pay, playing an under in Tennessee, and, and you'd have to think Josh Heupel is just going to, you know, YOLO it. Let's, let's have some fun. Let's do some trick plays. Motivation, you know, Tennessee, got to imagine a lot of their players – even though it is the Orange Bowl, it's not our, it's not the Orange Bowl we grew up watching, right, Wes? I mean, these guys, right. they 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 had a chance to maybe win a national championship, and now, you know, now they're sitting in the Orange Bowl uh, against Clemson. So I, I would look at Clemson a little bit here, but once again, uh, no no official play for me. Let's go to New Year's Eve, and uh, we'll go to a game. We'll start with uh, the best game of New Year's Eve, in my opinion. Just kidding. Uh, a total of 30 and a half, Wes. The Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee, Iowa, and Kentucky. Both starting quarterbacks are out for this game. Uh, Kentucky 
Do you know who Kentucky is starting? Have they announced who they're likely rolling with here at the quarterback position for yeah, this I've game? Yeah, been, I've, been, I've been looking for that myself to see who this is going to be. Of course, we know that it's definitely not going to be Will Levis right. as he is a likely top 10 pick. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's well, it's going to be Joey Labas who looks like he is going to start for Iowa. Uh, who has not attempted a pass. Uh, I have no idea who the quarterback is, and I have no <laughs> idea what they're going to do in terms of offense for Kentucky because they did fire the offensive coordinator. So you've got a lot of uncertainty here. So where I basically go with this one, and this is a bowl rematch, by the way, of last year's game when Kentucky rallied and won 20 to 17. So Iowa maybe gets the payback in the Music City Bowl. And this is where I kind of go with, okay, who's better in the trenches? And I think Iowa's better in the Agreed. trenches in Kentucky. Uh, you know, number one in yards per play allowed this year. A lot of that, I know, is because of controlling the pace. You know, they're a little bit like Virginia on a football field. But I think Iowa is the better line. And that's why I think so many scouts and, and people are unsure of Will Levis for the draft because of the offensive line he played behind. It's like, okay, how good is he? Have we seen how good? this guy is going to be. And I'm not sure that we have because that Wildcats offensive line, not good. And also Chris Rodriguez, the running back going to be out. The top corner is going to be out. So uh, give me the more experienced coach and give me the better line on both sides with uh, Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. Yeah. And that, when then Will Levis news started to trickle out way back when I grabbed Iowa with a small plus money line price, plus one Oh five, I think Iowa wins this game. I'm with you. It's going to be ugly. Um, so I, I would look money line Iowa. I wouldn't mess around with laying points. Lord knows this could end up being six to five. Who, who knows uh, in, a, in a close there. So if you play it, roll minus 130. All right, let's get to a game now with some uh, with some juice. And that is the Sugar Bowl. It'll be also on New Year's Eve. It'll kick off noon Eastern, 11 local down there in New Orleans. And Alabama got some incredibly surprising news and exciting news for college football fans is that Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Jameer Gibbs, they're all playing. I mean, it's stunning that every, they really haven't any opt-outs, right? They've had a handful of pieces at the transfer portal, uh, including, um, you know, Cohen, uh, Javion Cohen, uh, who is their offensive guard. So, you know, one of their starting guards is gone, but Alabama is almost fully going to be, as of right now, Wes, from everything that we've kind of gathered, it's going to be a full go. Uh, Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs, Will Anderson, Malachi Moore, Jordan Battle, which is which is honestly stunning. And then you look at the quarterback position for Kansas State. Adrian Martinez has been banged up uh, all year long. Uh, Will Howard played really well down the stretch. They obviously win the Big 12 championship game. Uh, I haven't seen anything what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I'm excited to see Deuce Vaughn play against an Alabama defense that, as we saw this year, I think can be had. So you're seeing the line sitting there at six and a half. You know, if this touches seven, Wes, is this something that you would be interested to look dog here uh, with the Purple Cats? You know, Tim, I've been doing pretty well in terms of the closing line value in bowl season, but not so much on this game. I, I took four in Kansas State, and now I may be able to get seven at, at some point. We'll see if I want to come back in for seconds. But Chris Kleeman, historically, really a good underdog. So Kansas State's going to be motivated as hell for this game. I mean, they, they're getting a shot at Alabama. When you get a shot at an SEC school in a high-profile bowl game, 
you're going to have a good effort. Now, will it be good enough? Uh, time is going to tell. But uh, Alabama, uh, uh, when when Bryce Young hurt his shoulder against Arkansas, after that game, Alabama went 1-5-1 and one against the number. We'll see how close to 100% he's going to be. We know Alabama, second yards for play margin. And I'm guessing that they're gonna that they're gonna be motivated, even though they're not in the playoffs. So maybe I overread that taking Kansas State, but I also thought, of course, that Young and Anderson and Gibbs and you know a couple of the safeties uh, were gonna sit out, and they are not. If this touches seven, maybe I'll add a tad to Alabama, but or excuse me, to Kansas State, but definitely don't have the best of the number here on this. one. All right, let's get to it. We'll do a little. We should do a little sounder, like Bing, 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 Bing. We're here. We are at the playoff now. We just go chronologically here on this podcast, so we will hit the playoff games here in the middle, and it'll be a little anticlimactic because we're gonna finish off with some games on January second. But here we are. It is uh, game number one of the uh, of the playoff, and it is the uh, Fiesta Bowl. You know, it's crazy as it sounds, but, you know, I think a lot of us, Wes, you know, myself, you, Matt Humans, we all bet relatively similarly. Um, as we've been doing this all year, Matt and I have gone against each other a grand total, an official plays twice. I think this might be the third time here because Mr. Humans is rolling with the Horn Frogs. And I'm going to lay it with Michigan. Um, you know, it's at seven and a half. I think this number is going to climb. And, you know, we've heard so many people in the industry, you know, especially someone like Chris Andrews, who I, I you know, reference a lot. And, you know, he always says that the number kind of tells a story. I think the number's telling us something here. It's sitting at seven and a half and it's not budging. You know, it's it's that that tantalizing number. It touched seven, you know, early on in the in the bowl season, got up to seven and a half. And that's where it's kind of hung out. Look, of the 16 semifinal games that we've seen so far, only three, Wes, have been decided by single digits. It's been a snooze fest majority of the time and ugly games. And last year, both of them were blowouts. And Michigan was on the other side of one of those blowouts, right? They got blown out by Georgia. And Michigan last year was a very trendy dog. And I feel like TCU, and I got to pull up the uh, betting splits over at vcin.com here in just a moment. But I, I feel like TCU is, I don't know if they're a trendy dog, um, but certainly more popular than Ohio State, which we'll get to here in uh, in just a moment uh, because no one really wants to touch Ohio State uh, in that game. Looking at the betting splits right now, it does look like the public is actually on Michigan here, but I think Michigan with that offensive line is going to flex their muscles. And uh, I know I saw Sonny Dyke said that, you know, during the press conference today, they have some tricks up their sleeve. I'm sure they do. And, you know, they gave it everything they had against um, Kansas State, and, and they've had a, a marvelous season. But the best offensive line in the country in, in Michigan, I think, you know, kind of does what they did against Ohio State. So uh, Matt is officially in for Ohio, um, TCU plus eight, and uh, I'm going to buy it down to seven. Uh, so I'm going to go officially Michigan minus seven uh, in this one. So uh, we're going against each other. He's going with the Horn Frogs. I'm rolling with Michigan. Uh, what say you, sir? Is there a play in this one that you like? I have a small bet on TCU at eight, and I used it in a contest, but it's not something I really love. I actually like the total better in this game. 
And I'm going to be looking under at 58 and a half. I think there might be a couple rogue 59s out there. If you look at TCU, they're not quite the Minnesota Vikings going 11 and 0 in one score games, but eight and 10 or eight and one rather in games decided by 10 points or less. They've gotten their fair share of breaks to get here. Look, credit, they're here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they should make no apologies for that. But there were times that they got to face a few backup quarterbacks and whatnot. But nevertheless, TCU is here. Meanwhile, Michigan and both of these teams, by the way, were a surprise, especially TCU. They were like 200 to one in the summer to win the national title. Michigan really hasn't been challenged except for one time that game against Illinois, that bad weather game where they needed that late field goal to go ahead and win 19 to 17. But number one in scoring margin, number four in yards per play margin, number three in yards per game margin. And also you look at TCU, they haven't faced a defense like Michigan. Michigan ranks third nationally in yards per game allowed 277 third in yards per play at 4.5, fifth in scoring defense at 13.4 allowed per game. Only Ohio State and Purdue top 400 yards of total offense against Michigan. And a lot of that, too, is because those two teams were playing from behind, as I think TCU might be. Max Duggan's going to have to beat them through the air because I think Michigan can take away the running game. They only give up 85.2 on the ground. That's third nationally, 2.9 yards a carry. You mentioned the Michigan offensive line, albeit, the fact that they lose Blake Corum in near 1,500 rushing yards, they still might be in just as good of a shape, if not better shape, because Donovan Edwards is more of a home run hitter in the backfield. Corum kind of puts the ball in play, does the dirty work, moves the runners. Donovan Edwards is an absolute home run hitter. He leads the power five with four rushes of 60 or more yards this year, 7.5 yards a carry. So I think Michigan is going to try to shorten the game and run the ball. TCU, they faced a lot of potent passing offenses in the Big 12. They're actually ninth in the nation in terms of opposing completion percentage, 53.9%. So there might not be a lot down the field necessarily for J.J. McCarthy. Might be a lot of dink and dump here and then have the running game. So I think Michigan understands that TCU is an up-tempo offense and that Max Duggan is pretty dangerous, not only uh, with his arm, but also with his legs. So keep him on the sideline. I think they shorten the game. I like the under here. All right. Uh, under for Wes. Um, Matt Newman's on TCU. And uh, don't make it official. I'll see. I'll see. We'll, we'll see. I, I think I like TCU. I got to give out something here on this podcast. All right. Let's get to the late night game, the Peach Bowl. And this line is as stinky as it comes. Now, preseason it certainly wouldn't look like this but as the year has gone on and how the perception has completely changed and nobody likes Ohio State now I'm kind of intrigued by the dog here and I haven't played it yet uh uh, Matt texted me and said uh Bet Rivers has Ohio State plus seven so he's gonna lock in Ohio State plus seven that is available you know right now I think we might get there but once again Wes, that number's telling a story, right? Why is it sitting at six and a half? VEASAN.com betting splits has like 90% of the money right now uh, sitting there on Georgia. I think Georgia wins. They should cover. Ohio State's kind of been a disappointment this year. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Travion Henderson are out. Mayan Williams expected to be healthy, uh, but he was dealing with an illness this week. Uh, So we'll see how effective he is. You've got C.J. Stroud there. Um, So... You know, man, I, I just this line is is 
is really interesting that it's just hanging out underneath the touchdown. The books are absolutely going to needing Ohio State. Uh, I would lean towards the Buckeyes here. I know Matt's in on uh, on the Buckeyes at plus seven, so we will see uh, on that. But uh, you know that is uh, you know something to uh, to keep an eye on there. Um, what what say you? Yeah, and and if you look at this, this line really has been kind of static at six and a half. So that tells me at least that there is another, you know, that there is a buy spot perhaps for the Buckeyes or certainly enough in terms of the uh, of of keeping the line under seven. So I think, you know, these are the two best teams, in my opinion, in terms of how they profile meeting in the semifinals. Georgia, number three in yards per play margin. Ohio State's number one. Georgia, number one in yards per game margin. Ohio State, number two. I know Henderson and Smith and Jigba are not going to play, but Mayan Williams has led the team in rushing. He's a five-star guy. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Amika Ibuka both topped 1,000 yards this season. So I think that they're going to be okay losing, not having Henderson and Smith and Jigba. They've certainly got enough talent, but... You look at Ohio State, and obviously you don't have the good impression based on the last impression, which was them getting their butts kicked at home against Michigan. So I think they're eager to kind of get that taste out of their mouth here. And also the fact that I like Ryan Day in terms of a coaching matchup, in terms of strategy over Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart, you know, great recruiter, great defensive guy, but he can make some questionable uh, game management decisions and, you know, maybe get a little bit too conservative. Uh, Georgia's got a couple guys banged up. I think the receiver McConkey is banged up. Offensive tackle Mc- Warren McClendon, but I think that they're both going to play. Ohio State 8-2 and two straight up in their last 10 games as an underdog. So if this touches seven, which, you know, we mentioned for the last two weeks, it's pretty much been stuck right where it is. I'd like to get seven. But more than likely, I'm going to be on the Buckeyes at some point in this game. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to roll uh, if, if, if it touches seven uh, with Ohio State. So hold on to your butts on New Year's Eve. We'll bring in the new year with, uh, with some dogs uh, with Ohio State. On to January 2nd, and uh, we'll try to rifle through these games to wrap up uh, the podcast uh, as well. Uh, the... Relia Quest Bowl, formerly the Outback Bowl, um, will be. Uh, I'm gonna miss the Bloomin' Onion and I know. the uh, coconut shrimp mascots, Tim. I, I actually went to an Outback Bowl. I think it was in 2004. I believe it was Florida against Iowa. I want to say that stadium, Wes, was eighty uh, percent Iowa. I mean, the whole city of. The whole Iowa City was down there in Tampa having a good old time all week long. I think Iowa won that game, too. Um, Very unique circumstance here. Um, As everyone knows, the tragic passing of of Mississippi State head coach legend Mike Leach earlier in the month of December, this is really makes this kind of a, a unique spot, right? You know, how is Mississippi State going to be? Are they going to come out with their hairs on fire? Uh, or are they just going to be lost? I don't know, right? Nobody knows how this is all, you know, going to unfold there for for Mississippi State. Um, you know, they're going to want to honor their head coach, obviously. You know, as for Illinois, their offense was Chase Brown, right? He was the entire Illini offense, and he has opted out of this game 
And then you look at their defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters. He's now the head coach of Purdue. He has been replaced by Jeff, uh, Jeff Brom. Um, great defense there for, um, you know, for Illinois. I'll throw it to you on this one, Wes. I'm a little surprised that the the total has taken, it seems lately, maybe a little over money. I, I don't, I think this is going to be kind of an ugly game. Now, Mississippi State's an air raid team and they could get out going. Uh, you know, maybe I'm looking at, I don't know, first half, looking at first half here, you know, maybe under 22 and a half in the first half. I could see this being kind of a, a slow, ugly game here. So uh, that would be a way maybe I would look uh, in this spot. Um, so anything you see in the in the Mississippi State, Illinois, ReliaQuest Bowl, just a, obviously a, a very unique circumstance that, uh, that that is going to be unfolding on January 2nd. Yeah, and, and you look at this, uh, I, I initially did kind of like Illinois a little bit better because I like their stat profile a little bit better. But Mississippi State, of course, has the emotion. It's hard to really go against that. A little bit of concern for the Illini, too, is their top defensive backs are opt-outs, uh, Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown. And, of course, uh, Chase Brown, the star running back for the Illini, is also not going to go. So you look at this, uh, Zach Arnett is going to be the uh, full-time head coach moving forward, the uh, the defensive coordinator. So uh, uh, I think Mississippi State, you know, being that Illinois is without those two top defensive backs, they might be able to throw the ball. I understand that this is taking a little over money, but that's the reason why, I think, because of Illinois uh, uh, being very shorthanded in the secondary. Ryan Walters, you mentioned, takes over at Purdue uh, as their new head coach. So, it's going to be Mississippi State on the side or nothing for me in the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl. All right. Uh, the Cotton Bowl, Tulane and USC. Uh, this will be at 1 o'clock Eastern. And uh, you've got Tulane right now catching, it looks like two. You could see some two and a halfs out there. USC will be without Jordan Addison in this game. Caleb Williams is expected to play. We know Travis Dye, he has been out uh, due to injury, uh, other opt-outs. Uh, haven't seen a ton of other opt-outs for USC. Obviously, a couple offensive linemen I think are going to be out. Yeah, due to injury, it, it looked like I'm seeing their center and their guard looks like uh, uh, they're going to be out here. So, uh, not a lot of opt-outs. We'll see about Caleb Williams and and his health and how well he is uh, expected to play in this one. Um, so certainly something to keep an eye on there. You know, as for Tulane, full steam ahead, Willie Fritz is, is staying. He's not going anywhere. Uh, you've got Tajay Spears and Michael Pratt. Uh, everyone's going to be rolling there for the Green Wave. Green Wave taking some money underneath a field goal, which is certainly an interesting look in Circa, where we sit right now, uh, sitting at one. So uh, I could see uh, an inspired Green Wave squad, certainly. Um, that would be uh, maybe a look for me, but uh, no official play. Anything you like, guys like, uh, anything you like in this one? Yeah, I used Tulane in a contest. I think probably the best bet on this game is that Sean King <laughs> is going to position himself for a sideline interview oh, yeah. at some point during this Cotton Bowl telecast as Sean's going to be down there at Jerry World for this game. But I think could be the best guy. Yeah, it depends on, obviously, if Williams plays. But I'd lean over here because I think USC's defense, we, we talked about that all year. They have been highly permissible. 
And I think Tulane is going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be motivated here. This is a chance to get USC on a big stage in pretty much a standalone game. Tulane was 11-2 and two against the number this season. So I used it in a contest. It's kind of hard to bet under a field goal and not knowing what Williams is going to do here. But I think both these teams are going to score points. So my lean would be the over. By the way, we're recording this. Uh, I know it's a podcast and, uh, you know, things happen on, on uh, you know, and, and it gets outdated. I, I'm watching the Syracuse-Minnesota game, and it's an absolute disaster how this thing is unfolded. Uh, Sar- Minnesota fumbled, or Syracuse fumbled, and then Minnesota recovered it, returned it almost for a touchdown. They had 12 men on the field, and on fourth down, Garrett Schrager breaks like six tackles and runs into the end zone to get the over and to get the likely cover for Syracuse. That is uh, yeah. Hopefully, is the second half for me is I took three in the hook with the orange. <laughs> that is so uh, no no onside kick return like we saw in the Texas Bowl last night yeah. with uh, Texas Tech. That almost put that game over when the whole world was on that over, but never could get there. Yeah. Wow. That was uh, that was something. All right. Uh, two final games before we uh, before we bid farewell here. We'll go LSU and Purdue. LSU now laying 14 and a half with a total of 56. This is another official play for Matt. Uh, he is rolling under 56 and a half in LSU Purdue. Matt always has a bet on a Purdue game and uh, it's hitting at like a 97% rate. Uh, Opt outs: Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, Payne Durham. Uh, it is a it is a, a lengthy list there for Purdue. They'll also be without a starting guard, a starting cornerback. Uh, Their head coach is obviously left, so a lot going on for Purdue. As for LSU. News came out uh, the other day that Kayshawn Booty, their top wide receiver, has now opted out for the game, and he is headed to the NFL draft. Uh, also headed to the NFL draft, uh, Jare Jenkins. Uh, he is out for this. On the defensive side, uh, Ojalari, BJ Ojalari on the defensive side, he has opted out for this game. Uh, a couple other corners are out for this game for LSU. So, I would say the under makes some sense uh, why Matt would roll with the under here at 56 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to join Matt on the under. I did, by the way, bet LSU minus 11, but now near 15, I, I couldn't give that out. You mentioned uh, yep. Brian Brom going to be the interim coach before he joins his brother down in Louisville. Uh, uh, Drew Brees, actually, uh, part of the Purdue staff as an interim assistant coach for this game, trying to help out Austin Burton making the second start of the season. I think that the under is probably the way to go. I think you're a little late to the party. Don't want to be early for the funeral if you're necessarily laying it with LSU. But this is an absolute skeleton crew, I think, for Purdue. Even though LSU is going to be down three defensive starters uh, on the defensive line, Purdue is not really great at running the football. Uh, They hadn't been good at running the football for like 20 years up there in West Lafayette. So I don't think that they're going to necessarily start now. 
this would be the this would be the way I would look here. I just think that with so many guys out for Purdue, and we know what Purdue does. They throw, 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 throw. But now you're going to have to do that with a backup quarterback who I don't think is as good as Aiden O'Connell. And especially losing uh, Charlie. I call him Charlie Tweeter, like from Varsity Blues. <laughs> Charlie Jones, who's really their all-underneath guy. They always got one of those guys uh, at Purdue at receiver. And then Payne Durham being out. Skeleton crew for the Boilermakers, new staff coming in, old staff going out, tough spot for them, under for me. Yeah, uh, I'm going to join you guys. I'm, that's not going to be that's going to be an official play for you two, uh, but not an official play for me. I'm just going to play it because uh, you guys have convinced me. That makes a lot of sense. All right, final game. Um, once again, another game that I'm surprised the market's kind of moving against them here, and that's Utah and Penn State. Uh, Matt's going to roll with Utah. Uh, he also said he's considering two lanes, so not an official play, but considering the green wave. I would agree with that. Uh, Utah minus two right now. You look at Utah coming off of a big-time Pac-12 victory, Pac-12 championship victory here in town. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is out. Uh, he has opted for the NFL draft. He was all sorts of banged up in that Pac-12 championship game. Tavian Thomas has been out for a little while. He's not going to play in this one. He's already headed to the NFL draft. You know, as for Penn State, not a ton of opt-outs. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., one of the top corners in the country, he has opted out for the NFL draft. So, you know, that he won't be there. But other than that, most of their pieces uh, will be around. Parker Washington, wide receiver for Penn State, he has uh, opted out for the NFL draft. 46 catches, 611 yards. Uh, I like Utah. The line kind of spooks me uh, why it's under a field goal. So that's going to keep me off this one. So I think when we do our best bet recap, I might only have one official play for this cycle of bowl games here. Um, but yeah, anything for you in the Rose Bowl, five o'clock Eastern on Monday, January 2nd, Utah and Penn State. I did bet money line early on Utah, but some money has come back on Penn State. And look, I think Penn State's going to be motivated to be in the Rose Bowl. I don't think that they're going to lay down here, but you know that myself and your usual colleague on this podcast, Matt Humans, we love Kyle Whittingham. Mm -hmm. I think this team takes on the identity of his coach, Kyle Whittingham. There aren't probably three coaches in college football I'd take over him in a fist fight. And I usually don't take teams against him in a fist fight either, because I think Utah won that game here. I know, I know Williams got hurt, but Utah won that Pac-12 title game at Allegiant Stadium right here in Las Vegas because they out-toughed USC. And that's what Utah does. They out-tough teams. Uh, they've got Kincaid out, which uh, I think is going to be a big loss. Penn State, of course, without Washington and uh, Joey Porter Jr. Penn State closed the season very strong after the Michigan game. I got to give them some credit. 5-0-1 against the number to close the season. The Michigan game was really their only kind of really bad performance. Uh, but I'm still going to stick with Utah. I'm not going to necessarily give it out as I've already bet it. And it's already in our picks at a glance that you get in the daily email if you're a Beeson uh, Pro subscriber. So I'm already on the Utes and I'm not necessarily going to buy out from that. But at this point, if I hadn't bet it, I don't know if I would, because like you said, and I thought you put it very well, the line kind of spooks you a little bit that Penn State's getting some support. So you're going to get two-way action on this game. But I take the more proven, tougher team, and I think that's the use. All right. That's going to do it for bowl season. We'll have uh, a championship preview some point next week. But let's get to it real quickly. Our best bet recap. 
Best Bet Recap. All right, I'll start with Matt Humans here, Wes, and uh, he is on South Carolina plus three and a half against my Irish. He's taken seven, which he said is available at Bet Rivers on Ohio State. I would join as well on Ohio State. Uh, he's going to go TCU plus the eight, under 56 and a half in LSU Purdue, and then Utah lay the two. Um, I I like TCU, or excuse me, I like Michigan. I'm not going to give it out as official play. I'm going to have one play, and it's going to be NC State. I think they're going to be a very motivated bunch down there in the Belk Bowl. A lot of opt-outs for Maryland. I'm curious the weapons uh, Tua or uh, uh, Talia is going to have to throw to there for Maryland. So I'm going to roll with uh, Dave Doran's squad, motivated after last year's bowl game got canceled. Uh, give me NC State uh, in a pick against Maryland. So that is my lone play on the pod here. Wes, fire away, sir. What would be your official plays here for the pod? All right, we'll go to the Music City Bowl, and we'll go with Iowa on the money line at minus 130. I take the I take the more experienced coach, and I take the better team in the trenches, and I think that's the Hawkeyes, even though this is a really tricky handicap. So Iowa minus 130 in the Music City Bowl down in Nashville. TCU, Michigan, under uh, 58 and a half. I'll go with the consensus line on the board. There are a couple 59s out there for the record uh, under in the Fiesta Bowl between TCU and Michigan also in the Citrus Bowl under 56 and a half Purdue and LSU and uh, those are going to be my three official all right Wes we appreciate you pinch hitting for us and uh, we will uh, see you and Femi on live bet tonight on VEASAN appreciate it sir you got it, Tim. Thanks for having me. There he is. Wes Reynolds. I'm Tim Murray. Once again, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell everybody that about the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. Until we meet next week to get ready for the national championship, this has been the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.